Hello and welcome to Yasmina Uncut, a podcast all about taboo topics, love, marriage, children and everything in between. Hello and welcome back to Yasmina Uncut. It has been such a long time. I'm so sorry I haven't like taken the time to record more podcast episodes, I guess. I just don't want to be the type of person that jumps on and just kind of air raids and just talks about whatever. I always feel like I need like those creative juices to get working before I can jump on and chat to you guys. What is new? To be honest, I've just been working crazy working. Um, I now have signed up to go back to school, go back to uni and study again. I'll share more on that on another episode because it's a whole different thing. But recently, which is the whole reason why I wanted to jump on today, was I started watching this Netflix documentary. No, it's not even a documentary. It's actually just a Netflix series, like made up series and it was called sex life or everyone was like you should watch it it's really good it's amazing I was like okay why not and at first when I first watched it I was like oh this is just like desperate housewives um thirsty desperate housewives dying for sex and then as I got into it it was really interesting because whenever something is really popular among others firstly if you haven't watched it you should jump on and watch it it's I would give it like a 7 out of 10. Like it wasn't, oh my God, amazing, rave on about it forever. But it was really good. Like I thoroughly enjoyed it. And there's only one season. So you could probably do it within one day. But I won't spoil it for you. won't give too much details. But when I watched it, what really jumped out at me was how many women could A, relate and B, like how much conversation could come from a Netflix series. And it got me wondering why, why is so much conversation come from this one series? So for those who don't know and haven't watched it, I'll give you like a light backstory onto like as to what it's about. It's basically um, about this beautiful, happy couple. Um, The wife ends up having her second baby and she feels as though her life just isn't the same. And she starts reminiscing about her old life and how, you know, she slept with heaps of men and she had this amazing ex who gave her insane out of this world, you know, eyeballs to the floor kind of sex, right? And that I'm just going to give you that much. And the guy that she's married to is amazing. He's so good to her, but he doesn't give her that amazing sex. So basically, obviously it's called sex life. That's what it's about. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking about a few things. So firstly, about what classifies as cheating in a relationship, number one. So is there such a thing as emotional cheating? And also, you know, for those who have watched it, if you went through something like that where your partner was thinking about their ex, you know, about their old sex life with their ex, do you think that you would be hurt and it would be a deal breaker for your relationship? One thing that she said in this series that really struck a chord with me, she said, maybe you can't have it all. She was talking about how 85% of her marriage is amazing and the 15%, which is just the sex, was average. It wasn't amazing right and she said maybe you can't have it all in life maybe you got to have one or the other and Billy and I talk about this a lot because sometimes I'm like I feel like our spark is fading I'm like you know what's going on you know we got to work on it again and you know once he said to me you know we've been married for a long time and obviously five years for some people have married 10 20 years is not a lot 
But he's like, we've been married for five years. It's not as if we're one year into our marriage. Of course, things are going to be different when you see your partner in a different light. You see them when they get up in the morning. You see them when they're angry. You see them when they're hungry. Of course, it's not going to be the same. It's like that mystery when you're first dating and you get to go home and think about your partner and fantasize about you know about them. And, you know, it's, it's all exciting to see them the next day. Whereas when you see your partner the next day, it's like, oh, hey, like, good morning. You take it for granted. And I remember having a conversation with Billy and I said, oh, and this is obviously personal about my relationship, but I remember saying like, there is, because I remember he used to say to me, um, you know, I just feel like, you know, you're too good for me. I feel like one day you're going to get up and leave me. And I said to him, you need to cut that right out. Firstly, I said, there will always be more beautiful people. There will always be more kinder people out there. There will always be someone that's better than the person that you're with. It's inevitable. Hence why a lot of people cheat because they're like, oh, that's a better option. Let me just go for that and keep, you know, who I have on the side kind of thing. And, you know, we were talking about it and I just kind of said like, it's not about what's out there. It's about working on what you do have. Everything is hard. Even if you were to get tempted, break up with your partner, Go be with this other person. It's going to be fucking hard because you're going to have to do that shit all over again where, you know, you pretend like you're you're so perfect. You don't fart. You know, you, you go to the toilet with the door closed. I don't know about you guys, whatever. But, you know, you do all of that again. You put on this armor, this fake kind of perfect, you know, mask on. And then it kind of slowly goes down and you show you, you yourself. You show your vulnerable side. And so I said, you know, it's going to be like that regardless. I've chosen you to spend the rest of my life with. I've chosen that this is it. That even when shit gets fucked, we will work on fixing it again. You know what I mean? Like every relationship is going to go through bumps and humps and bruises and whatnot. Or as the girl from um, Billy, her name is, as Billy from Sex Life says, there's always going to be a stain, but stains can be removed. Do you know what I mean? Obviously not as big as hers, but you know, when I watched the series and she was making all these horrible decisions, like she was just like, dude, like just go be with this guy. Like, I don't even know why you're with your husband. Cause to me, it's a betrayal. I'm like, you know, I don't know for me, if my husband did that and went out and did whatever, like not cheated, but like was speaking to his ex and thought about going back to him and thought about, you know, felt like he was somewhat in love with him. I would be hurt. And I feel like it wouldn't, things wouldn't be the same. You know, I feel like once you have those thoughts, you, and especially when your partner finds out about it, it's always something that you think about. But the main reason why I came on. So I was talking to a friend of mine And she has a friend who has been cheated on a few times. And this friend just kind of puts up with it. And like, you know, they have a big fight. She threatens a divorce. And it ends up, they end up getting back together. This isn't my friend. It's my friend's friend, right? And she's like, I don't know what to say to her to make her realize she's so much better than that. Because this guy walks all over her. He's literally given her intimate details of how he's fucked another woman and enjoyed it and all this shit, yeah? So he basically knows he's got her around his fingers, right? Wrapped around his fingers. Anyway, and he got me thinking, I explained this in a way to her, where I was like, wow, a lot more people need to hear this. Where's this wisdom coming from, Yaz? She, I said to her, in legal class, because we did legal class together in year 12, I said, do you remember how there was two terms that they used a lot? And it was actus reus and mens rea. 
so I'll, ex I'll explain it to you guys. Mens rea is the thought or the intention of uh, committing the crime. Actus reus is the act actually doing it, right? So in legal, to get the, like in other states, it could be the death penalty or here in Australia, it could be maximum sentence of 25 to life, whatever it may be. You have to have the actus reus and the mens rea. So one without the other gets your lesser sentence like, you know, manslaughter or whatnot. So thinking about the crime, meaning there is evidence that this person has thought about committing this crime. So for if we're talking about cheating, say it's a crime, we're pretending like it's a crime, the thought of it would be hiding text messages, going out, sneaking, lying to your to your partner about where you are. Um, you know, uh, like they're crazy for thinking that there's anything, you know, going on when really there is. Actus reus would be actually going out and fucking another person, right? And what I said to her was that, you know, there are a lot of men who kind of say, and women too, women cheat as well. It's not just a men thing. I'm just using men as this example because this is, you know, the conversation that we were having. And they said, you know, people that cheat, some people will come and go, okay, I was drunk. It was one night stand. It was so, you know, it wasn't, I didn't think about it. It just kind of happened. It was with a stranger that I met at a bar or whatever it may be. And so that would be the actus reus. That's when some women are like, look, I can kind of see, like I can find a way to forgive you. I feel like, you know, there's space for forgiving. But then when there's like when there's the mens rea, which is the thought and the intention of cheating, which more often than not, there will be. You probably just haven't found it. You know, it might be text messages. It might be going out to heaps of bars when he's told you he's at work or she's told you she's at work. You know, whatever it may be, there's always mens rea. That's why, like, in law, they're always trying to find the mens rea because more often than not, it's always there. It's almost like, you know, when, I don't know whether you guys have watched, like, Law and Order or, like, they're trying to, you know, any sort of crime documentary or crime TV series where they'll search the person's laptop, they'll search the person's phone records, they'll search the person's, all their personal information because it always leads back to the truth. And it's a lot like with cheating, like a lot of their stuff is in there. It's just that they've deleted it or they've hidden it really well. Like this particular partner that my friend was talking about, like her partner had two different SIMs. So he literally had a SIM card for calling her and a SIM card for his bitches. So he says, right? And he admitted that to her. So he said to her, he goes, yep, look, this is how it kind of went down, yada, yada, yada. And this isn't the first time I've heard stuff like this. I've heard stuff like this all the fucking time, right? And I'm like, it blows my mind how, like, women and men, like everyone in general who gets cheated on, and obviously, don't get me wrong, I haven't been cheated on. I've never been in that position. I 100% agree. It's so much harder when you're in it. And nobody fucking deserves to be cheated on. And that's why this topic makes me so angry. But when I hear stuff like this, I think you. the first thing I think of is your intention behind it. So if this was my partner, God forbid, I would think about what was your intention? If there was thought and intention behind this cheating this was a calculated move this wasn't something that just had happened so that if this was like oh, i don't want to spoil sex life if you haven't watched it before but i'll give you like a tiny little spoiler if you don't want to hear this maybe skip by but where they go to 
you know, a sex party, a swingers party where, like, the husband ends up getting his dick sucked by another girl and, like, she gets really upset, but she's like, you know, whatever. We kind of put ourselves in, our, in that position and I was watching you get your dick sucked. Like, we were, we agreed when we went to this party. In that position, it's like, that was just the act where he chose to go, yeah, fuck it, suck my dick. Like, there was not thought about it. He didn't think and calculate and go, I'm going to get this girl to suck my dick and we're going to go here because this is what I'm intending to do. Do you get me? So that's when I say that there wasn't a thought behind it. That's what I mean when I say stuff like that. Whereas with everything else, it's like, oh, there probably more often than not was a thought. And some people stop at the thought. Most men, loyal men at that, will think about something like that and then they'll go, no, 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 I need to actually fix my relationship. Let's talk about this. They might not admit that they were thinking about another woman or another man, if it's, you know, vice versa, or you're with in a same-sex relationship, but they might say to you, hey, look, my mind's been going, you know, everywhere. I feel like our relationship isn't 100% right now. Let's work on us. And that's a healthy relationship. Do you know what I mean? That's where you know you've worked through boundaries, you understand, you respect each other, and that's when you're like, okay, I've built something here where we can talk to each other, even though we know we might hurt. And I say this to Billy all the time. I'm like, talk to me. Like, it's so much respect for a man to go, hey, this isn't working. I don't want this. I'm not happy. I'm thinking about another woman. Then to just go and cheat and come back into the bed and pretend like everything's fine. And then later when she finds out, go, oh, fuck, like I fucked up. I'm so sorry and cried their heart out. You know what I mean? And that's something that's super important to know. I feel like there is always a lead up to just about everything. Every emotion that you feel, every outburst that you have, it's all been a build up of somewhere or another like for this girl in sex life when she was talking about how you know she missed her ex and the sex was so much better and whatnot this was all a lead up she has a, a baby that she's still breastfeeding obviously their sex life wasn't the best and you know they just got caught in the routine which we're all guilty of it always happens but you know emotions just don't come out of nowhere and obviously you know, with them, that was a whole different situation. That was a fuckery of a show, but it's, it's very real. You know, I think we're all guilty of that. We get into routine and then, you know, we have some sort of outburst and we realize that, Hey, maybe it's not about your husband, not taking out the trash or your wife, not, you know, cooking dinner tonight. Maybe it's because you're not connecting, you know? And I say this to a lot of my friends, I'm like, you know, cherish your relationship and cherish the time that you spend with each other. Don't, don't think about the little things like, you know, the cooking and the cleaning and think that that that's what makes up a good relationship. At the end of the day, it's the time that you spend together. I know with my friends, I can stay up until 1am talking shit and having a laugh. And then sometimes, you know, I'm home and I'll fall asleep in bed within like an 10, 10 seconds of my head hitting the pillow. And so for so long, I just didn't put effort in. I was just kind of like going to sleep when the kids went to sleep, like I would have dinner and then watch a bit of TV and then go to sleep because I wasn't putting in the effort. I didn't feel I needed to because I felt like we were okay. But slowly, slowly, this okay becomes not okay because you then start fighting because you're not connecting. I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. It seems like we're constantly having to work to keep this spark going. And sometimes it can be fucking tiring because it's like, why aren't you working? Why don't you come home and rub my fucking feet and cook me a dinner? Like times are fucking hard right now, especially if you have kids, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. But I think it's all in communication with couples. And I think communication, you can fix just about anything. Like that girl on Sex Life, 
her name is Billy, and she was saying, you know, her husband said, you know, this is a stain in our marriage, and she said to him, but a stain can come out. That's the difference, is that, yes, there's a stain in our marriage, but we can fix that. And it's true. You can fix just about anything, but you have to want to, and you have to work for it. I think a lot of people think that, you know, with a marriage with sex with just about anything we kind of expect our partners to do everything our partners to initiate sex our partners to put in the work i recently did a um an ad for a lingerie company and when i accepted it i don't accept any form of like lingerie or adult sex toys only because for me i feel really awkward speaking about it but i love the topic i love the topic i love empowering women i have a friend who's all about that and i'm so inspired by her right And so I thought, okay, let me just jump out of my cocoon a little bit. I was like, look, I can't really put the lingerie on for the videos because I feel uncomfortable, but I'm more than happy to chat about it. And one of the things that I brought up in this ad that I was filming was that so many women in my confessions, so for those who don't know, I do confessions on my page almost every week and people just confess whatever it is that they want to get off their chest. And I said, in my confessions, I always get women talking about how they've got low libido, and libido is basically your sex drive for those who don't know and feel like, you know, their sex life just isn't the same and they want to fix it or they feel like, you know, their partners aren't as attracted to them anymore and they feel shit about themselves. And one thing that I mentioned about this lingerie and no, this isn't me trying to sell fucking lingerie. This is just me talking from the heart and what's helped me and my sex life was incorporating lingerie for me wasn't for my husband it wasn't for him at all it was to make me feel empowered and sexy sometimes you know chucking on some lipstick brushing my hair washing my face and putting on some damn sexy lingerie and dimming those fucking lights because best believe i'm shy as fucking want to fuck in the dark but doing that made me feel good and in turn I was my best self, like I was wild, do you know what I mean? I know, too much information, I'm sorry. But, you know, that's what I try to talk about, like with women online, is that, you know, you you misconstrued sex as something that's just for your partner. And, you know, like Maggie, who, if you don't follow, she's um, the Peninsula Mama on Instagram. She was talking about how, you know, for so many years, us women have been told that sex is to pleasure men. You know, sex is for them. Once you get them off, once they come, you've done your job, right? So any woman who deemed to admit that she loved sex was automatically a whore, right? Even though she could be married with her partner, she's a whore because she loves sex, right? Because back then, and I feel like even now, there's still somewhat of stigma around it that women who love sex are just dirty, right? But it's not, it's not the truth. If you're fucking just to get your partner off, then you're just, you're just fucking him. He's not fucking you or she's not fucking you. You know what I mean? Where's the enjoyment in in all of that? You know? And I think that's why for so many years, some women don't experience an orgasm, don't actually get to experience that wonderful feeling of passionate sex where you actually orgasm and you have multiple orgasms in the one time. There's no shame in that. It's natural, you know, it's human nature, but so many of us are shamed about it. And, you know, even as kids, I know as as a kid, my mom never spoke to me about sex or orgasms or nothing. God forbid we talk about any of that. Even when I was getting married, she didn't say nothing. I didn't know. I went into 
marriage not knowing anything even like my young teenage years I knew nothing about sex I just knew it from talking to friends that have experienced sex and I was just kind of like the friend who was like you know what's it like what do you do how do you do it yada 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 like I didn't know anything but the reality is is that it's all within education and being feeling safe enough to talk about these things with your partner you know saying hey this is what makes me feel good during sex do you want to try this do you know do you want to do this like it's not just about your partner you know I know some men feel like it is just about them like I've heard of women who buy sex toys and they're like I could never tell my husband like never I'm like oh okay how come and they're like because like he would feel like you know emasculated like why would you need a toy I could I could fuck you just as well and it's like well no I'm adding to the pleasure it's like putting you know chocolate on top of your ice cream it's the ice cream is already sweet it's beautiful but why wouldn't we want chocolate on top to make it even more sweeter like hello and like don't get me wrong I'm not saying that sex toys are a necessity this is just an example of how some men and women you know are kind of not brainwashed but taught and have to unlearn a lot of stuff that we were taught as kids and you know old generational stuff of like sex being just for men and only pleasurable for men and now women like they're awakening they're starting to learn that it's not just for men and that no you are not a whore if you love sex you know whether that be with your partner or whether that be with multiple partners that's you know your choice and you shouldn't be ashamed of it you know it's crazy how a guy can talk about loving sex and fucking and whatnot but when a woman does it's like oh no that should be secret that should be talked about you know with your girlfriends not out and that's what blows my mind with like social media as well seeing so many women like for me personally I don't speak about it on social media not because of anything but just because of my discomfort with it all I'm like oh I don't know like sex toys I'm a bit awkward to chat about it but I am so inspired and empowered by my friends who do because I'm like whether you're selling a product whether it's a sex toy whether you're just talking about women's health which is my friend who does that quite a lot I'm so inspired by it you know I think about that and I think you know how many women she's helped you know how many women have now had the guts to talk to their partner and go hey you know this is what I like like I've never experienced an orgasm in the years that we've been together can we try to get you know get there should I, you know, buy a sex toy to try to get myself there? Should I play with myself until I realize how to have an orgasm so that way I can show you how I do it? You know, there's so much shame behind it. And I know some of even my friends who don't talk about it because they're like, I feel so awkward. And I'm like, dude, you have a kid. Like, how do you think that kid got there? We all know you had sex. Calm down. But it's like that stigma that our parents have built around it that's made us so feel so ashamed. But it's natural, girl. Years ago, as a teenager, I experienced quite a lot of anxiety and depression, and there was a lot going on in my life, stuff that I don't really like to talk about, but it was stuff that I had to face in therapy. And there was so much that it taught me that really sticks with me until today. And this psychologist had said to me, he said, you know, you hold up these walls and you think by holding up these walls, you're protecting yourself when in actual fact, you're hurting yourself more because by holding up these walls, all you're doing is holding in all your emotions and going, I'm going to put on this facade that I'm okay and I'm going to ignore you and I'm not going to speak to you and I'm not going to talk about it in hopes that it will protect myself because I don't have to go through those feelings. When in fact, 
the right way to go about it is to chat about those feelings, work through the issues. So that way, when something like this happens again, or, you know, you know, stuff that hurts you in the future happens again, you work through it. You don't block it, you know? And I think so many of us do that. We hold up these walls and especially with our partners, you know, we think if you don't get me, then that's it you know, it's done. We don't actually want to put in the work. Like we say we communicate with our partners, but how, how deeply are you communicating? How many of you, your friends, do you know that chat to you more in depth and more, you know, about secrets that they would never, ever tell their partner? And a lot of the time, it's not because their partner is untrustworthy or because their partner's an asshole. A lot of the time it's because a, you as a friend have probably given them the time of day to chat about this. And B, it's because they have you. They feel like they don't really need to speak to their partners. I remember for so long, whenever I had a problem, I used to run to my friends. Anything that was going on in my life, like not with Billy, any problems that we had in our marriage or our relationship at the time, I always spoke to him about it. But that we, when there was problems of my own, I would run to my friends for advice because I felt like he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what I needed. And then we started implementing a certain rule within our relationship where it helped us. Like, because I feel like men, let's be real, they're not really switched on when it comes to like what women need when you're communicating. Not all men have that gift, right? And so Billy, sometimes when I would tell him how stressed I am, say with work, and I say, look, I have all this work to do when I feel like I'm running out of time. Sometimes he'll say, no, you'll be fine. Like, you'll get this done in half an hour, this done in two hours, this done in one hour. And I'm like, dude, this isn't what I need. I need sympathy. I need you to go, oh, are you okay? Let me give you a back rub. Like, you're just stressed. It's okay. Do you want me to make you a cup of tea? That's what I need. I don't need you to solve my problems. I know logically that everything's going to be okay, but I just need you to feel sorry for me for this moment. So we started to say, do you want help with the problem? Like, do you want a solution or do you want sympathy? And when we started implementing that, and I remember I saw it online, this wasn't something that we had come up with originally, we had just seen it online and we started implementing it. It helped our marriage so much because it just, it cut to the chase, you know what I mean? With our issues, with whatever we had on and it wasn't between us, but more so like our own thing. So if Billy was stressed from work and he had a problem, you know, with um, his boss or whatever, say just, I'm just giving a random example, I could say to him, do you want to sympathy or solution solution being i tell you what you should do to resolve this issue that you have or sympathy might just be yeah oh yo, your your boss is an asshole you know what i mean like as an example and it like stops so many fights before it even happens and it makes sure that our communication is on point and i remember when this psychologist i remember i was still with billy back then but i was like really young and we had just gotten together it was nothing like wasn't very serious and I remember telling this psychologist like I feel like I can't speak to my partner I feel like I don't want him to judge me for all that I've been through in my life and stuff that's happened in my life like I don't want to let him in because I feel like it's so much easier because what if he hurts me and then he's going to know these things about me and it's almost like he's stolen a part a part of me that he doesn't deserve to know and I think so many of us do that we don't want to give 100% because we're like yeah, that way you know if they leave or if they cheat or if you know whatever happens in our future I, I didn't give them 100%. I still got to keep a part of me for me. And while I understand the logic 
of love lies in the vulnerability of it all. You know, when you're vulnerable, when you lay down all your cards and you go, this is my past. This is what's happened to make me who I am. Maybe this will help you understand me more. This is, you know, this is what, what scares me. You know, it's being vulnerable with your partner. That's real love. You know, if you're scared to tell your partner your past, which I was for such a long time and my past had nothing to do with him. It had nothing to do with him at all. It just had to do with me, my mental health and what went on in my life. But I felt like if I laid down all the cards, this man's going to think I'm crazy, first of all. And also, I don't want him to think I'm nothing less than perfect. And I started to realize that, fuck, we're all not perfect. We all have our shit going on. And when you let down those guards, like, you have no idea how much beautiful, amazing things could come out of that and how much more your love grows. When I was younger, I knew a woman and she became my friend, right? We were working together and we both had, we were both getting married and her partner was so sweet. He would always come with flowers and they just had such a beautiful open relationship, just like Billy and I, like we just had such amazing communication and whatnot. And years later, I saw her at a shopping center and she was carrying, you know, her, she was pregnant and she had in a pram her, her baby, her young, like toddler. And I said, so, you know, how's it going? How's your partner? And she said, oh, I don't know whether you've heard, but we actually broke up. He left me, literally left me and the kids and disappeared for some like lady overseas or whatever. And, you know, I was so, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, like you literally had the most perfect relationship. Like what happened? And she goes, honestly, I don't know. I feel like it just got a lot for him having kids and whatnot. And, you know, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't care. Like I'm just so heartbroken. I'm, you know it's hard. And years later, she met another guy. And mind you, she thought she would never find love again. She just didn't trust any man. And years later, she found Mr. Perfect. Literally, Mr. Perfect. This man raises her kids as if it is his own. This man treats her with the love and respects that she deserves. And he's committed to her. She's so in love like, I've never seen her so ridiculously in love. And you know when you know someone's more in love when they don't feel the need to show everything off? Like, I'll talk to her via text or whatnot and the stuff that she says. I'm like, wow, none of this was online. She's like, yeah, because it's that good. That, like, I don't care for the world to know. I'm just so happy within. And it got me thinking. It's like, you could be the perfect woman or man. You could be perfection, you know, for fuck's sake. Beyonce's being cheated on. Um, all these amazing actors, these Victoria's Secrets models, these beautiful definition of, you know, society's view of perfection have been cheated on. It just goes to show that cheating has nothing to do with you. Yes, sometimes there's issues in the relationship, but there is an out. There is a, hey, I want to get a divorce. Hey, I want to break up with you. There are options. There's not, there's cheating or nothing. So a person cheating on you says more about them than does about you. And I think so many of us women and sometimes even men beat ourselves up and we go, fuck, like, what did I do wrong? And we start doubting ourselves and we start thinking, do I not look good enough? Do I, did, did I not treat him well enough or her well enough? You know, whatnot. But when in fact, it doesn't matter what you did, a cheater has will always be a cheater, number one, in my 
point of view anyway. Like I know that there are some people who've cheated and then they've gotten back with their partner and they've lived happily ever after. Great for them. That's like a minority, a very small amount. But majority of the time, if someone's thinking of cheating on you, they're going to do it regardless. It doesn't matter how perfect you are. And I want you, especially if you have a lot of self-doubt within yourself and maybe you think like, I need to be perfect for my partner or maybe you think like, you know, someone's cheated on you and you blame yourself. I just want you to know that it is not your fault, that you are amazing just as you are and that you continue being you. Don't change for anyone. And if someone loves you, they're going to love you just as you are. You deserve better than someone who will betray you. And I just want you, if you need to know that, to know that. Point is, I see this far too often when women, you know, I speak to and they'll go, you know, what did I do wrong? You know, especially after kids, they blame themselves. Did I let myself go? Did I look pretty enough when he came home? Did I, you know, do I not look good? Do I, do we not make time for each other? And it's like someone who loves you will go to far extents to make you happy and be with you and love you the way you deserve. Okay, before I leave, my battery of this um, mic is going to like die soon. But before I leave, I want to leave you with this. If you want to improve your sex life and you feel like you have a Cooper, not a Brad, and you'll get this if you watch Sex Life, Cooper is like the mundane, everyday husband who's good to you but doesn't fuck you the way you need. And Brad is like the wild child, dangerous guy who fucks you the way you want, right? If you want the brad of sex lives my advice to you is awaken your sexual being go out and make yourself feel good and get yourself there if you get what i mean and then teach your partner to get you there you cannot give instructions if you don't know what to do it's like teaching someone how to start a barbecue but you don't know how to start the barbecue my point to you is that's number one number two Do stuff that make you feel sexy. It is so important. So, so fucking important. Whether it's lingerie, whether it's putting maybe some red lipstick on, whether it's some soft music and a candle, whether it's um, dim lights, whether it's porno in the background, I don't know what you're into, whatever it may be. Do stuff that makes you feel sexy and watch. And another piece of advice, probably the last one, will be to experiment. You know, there's dress-ups, there's, you know, sex toys, there's, you know, experimenting with different things that you haven't tried before. There's pouring chocolate all over your body and letting your partner lick it, whatever it may be, you know. There's central massages, which is where you lay there butt naked and your partner massages you with oils and that's how it's like a, a form of foreplay. There's, you know, there's so much to sex that you probably haven't tried before. And if you've tried it all, get freaky. Go try some kinky ass shit anything you know i think so many of us are so used to doing our mundane boring ass fucking shit and we forget that you know it doesn't have to be that way you know you can be freaky and still be a mum throughout the day or still be a woman without being labeled a whore do you get what i mean don't be afraid to love sex and if you don't love sex right now don't think that it's forever You know, go to your doctor, get your levels checked. And if, you know, everything's okay, then, you know, try experiencing stuff on your own. Try making yourself get there. 
before you even bring your partner into it and that's what in turn will might get you in the mood you know don't be afraid to look sex in the eyes and fucking go get it you know what i mean i feel like so many of us feel so much shame when it comes to sex and you know we're kind of taught that sex is bad and it's for men not women that that's what we automatically learn and like subconsciously think without trying but there are some things that we do have to unlearn for our own good and believe me girl a good fucking orgasm will make your week okay will make your fucking day your week your month your year point is go get your orgasm okay i love yous i'll chat soon Thank you for watching Yasmina Uncut. If you do like this episode, don't forget to like, review and subscribe.